Well, so we're in the season of Epiphany. We're in that season where we particularly pay attention to how Jesus is being revealed to people. He who was hidden has now been made known. To know Christ and to make him known, that very popular motto I keep repeating over and over again. It's so helpful for kind of a, a, a motto or a bumper sticker for this season. To know Christ and to make him known. This morning, our, I, was, I was delighted that, uh, that our, our gospel lesson picks up right where it left off last week with the Beatitudes, and, which is where I preached last week, and right into the Sermon on the Mount as Jesus talks about these two very well-known metaphors, salt and light, or as I say, light and salt, but it's salt and light, and for that reason. And so I want to I wanna think with you about that for a little while this morning. Because I, I think it, it, um, it strikes me particularly how it fits in hand in glove with the Beatitudes. Remember, this is a sermon that Jesus is preaching. We sometimes think about this part in isolation. And I think I've been guilty of that myself. I went back and, and looked at a retreat we did from 2011, Beth Kirby. And, and I, I looked at my notes and I thought, this is this is crap. Why did I preach that? You know, it's, it's amazing. You go back and you look and you realize, you know, just years and years. But I, I think we, we tend to lose the contact with the, with the Beatitudes and how it fits in perfectly with them. You think about a job, and in a job there is both issues. If you're, if you're a boss, if you're a supervisor, you know this, that, that there, are, there, are, there are character issues and there are competencies, right? So you can be um, extremely... Uh, good at a job, but you just can't tell us, you know, can't tell the truth to save your life. You're not going to be employed very long, right? Because there's, I'm looking at two, two former supervisors right here in front of me. And, uh, and you're not going to, because if you, if you don't have a character, if there's no sense of character to, no matter how good you are, eventually you're going to, it's going to be a crash and burn. The same is true, though, if you have incredible character, you're, you're, you're trustworthy, you're, you're honest as the day is long, but you just can't do the job you're not going to have the job very long either, right? You've got to have both character and competency. And if you will, go with me here. It seems to me like the Beatitudes, the, the first few verses, and if you've got the Bible there, open it up if you want. It'd be great. To, but the Beatitudes are the character. And now today, the command to be salt and light are the competencies of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we talked about it last week. These, all of these, these countercultural signs that you are Jesus' follower. What does he say? He says that you will be poor of spirit, that you'll be dependent upon God, that you'll, that you'll be one who mourns over the brokenness and the, the heartache and the hurts of the injustices of the world. That you'll, and he goes on and goes through all of the, all of the uh, beatitudes, meekness and hungering and thirsting for righteousness, true righteousness. You want to see justice done in the world. You're pure of heart. You're someone who's merciful. You're someone who's a peacemaker. And, you know, I've been kind of pushing us and talking a little bit about politics, not about politics, but about politics. And somebody at the early service prayed, Lord, make us peacemakers when it comes. That's a, yes, Lord, that's what we want to be. We want to be peacemakers when it comes to politics. Uh, we're willing to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. This, Jesus said, are the character, characteristics of a follower of mine. They'll live out these countercultural uh, attitudes. Now, of course, all preceding this, 
is that we recognize Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords. That In fact, he was the Son of God become man to offer himself to us. It's the reason he has the authority to call us to emulate his life. And we talked about how you know, Marx and Gandhi and lots of other people try to take, these, take the Beatitudes out and separate them from the gospel. But these are Jesus' words, Jesus who proclaimed himself to be God the Son. These are the characteristics, he says. But then today he talks, in our lesson, he talks about the, 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 the competencies. And he uses these metaphors, and you know them. They're so, they're so idiomatic in our language, right? I mean, that, that Justin Smith, he is the salt of the earth. You know, you know we, we think of, we think we've used it, we don't even know anymore that we use them. Salt and light, so very familiar to him. But, but notice for, with me that, that there's some, some interesting connections between the two words. Um, he doesn't say you're either salt or light. He says you are both salt and your light. And the first one, salt has kind of a negative connotation, if you will, because the, the reason for salt in the ancient world was not primarily for taste, for salting our food so that it tasted better. It, it's primary, I mean, it was used for that, but its primary purpose was to cure meat to preserve that which would otherwise uh, putrefy and, and rot. And so if you're like me, you grew up, my granddaddy had a smokehouse where he would cure meat, or actually he didn't cure it, but his grandfather did. And, and, and it was because at the time there was no refrigeration. And so you had to use salt, you, 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 you rub salt into the meat and it caused that meat to become cured and therefore it was preserved. At least cured is what they call it in West Georgia. I'm not sure if that's the technical term or not. But anyway, in, in West Georgia, you cured meat and that meant that you, you had it, it would keep through the winter and keep, it would not rot. And, and Jesus, this is, the, and, and this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about in the negative sense that the culture around us, the society around us is decaying. Go back to Genesis you know, what is it? It says right before uh, God calls Noah, he says, every thought of every heart was continually to do evil. Now, I mean, I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm not here to talk about how bad things are. But, but you know the state of our culture. We, we tend to, uh, to, to be self-centered in our own nature. And so and, and there's a sense in which we are needed, Jesus says, to be that which preserves the society around us. To be... Uh, preservers of nature to to keep it from going bad and the early service because I, I oftentimes at the eight o'clock chapel service I'll uh, I use them as my test case I, I, I work out the kinks in my sermon and and particularly today I said I need I need you guys to give some feedback and, and Andrew Hansen said he said you know it doesn't take a whole lot of salt to preserve me just a little bit not too much he said, you know, and it's just for me, that's helpful because I oftentimes think about the fact that it doesn't seem like there are a whole lot of righteous women and men left, you know, and, and yet Andrew says, I'm comforted by the fact that it doesn't take many. It only takes a few to preserve, like it only takes a little bit of salt. And I thought that's, that's, a, that's a really good thought. Kathy Ayers said, Father Bob, Kathy Ayers said, you know, you, you don't need too much salt, though, <laughs> just a little bit, because too much can be overwhelming to the taste. That'll come up later with the, with the light analogy, but I think that was really helpful to, to, to get our minds around. But there is a sense in which Jesus is recognizing that 
that we are those who are to preserve the culture around us. Remember, remember God says, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, are there 10 righteous men, you know? And, and, and this is the conversation that Abraham has with him. Would you, would you destroy the city if, if there were 190 and he goes all the way down to 10 righteous men? And what does God say? No, I won't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there are only righteous, 10 righteous men. Sadly, there weren't. But, but it's this idea that we're to, we're to be building up. But what does Jesus say? He says, if the salt loses its saltiness, it's not worth anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, I know the scientists in the room are saying salt can't help but be salty. It's a stable compound. It's, it's not, there's no way for salt to become less salty. But remember, in the ancient world, there were no refineries of salt. And so by, de- by definition, salt was already impure. But if it became even more impure, there's a point at which it almost loses the characteristic of salt altogether. It becomes just a a white powder, and that would have been very common. The Dead Seas would have been a place where they'd have drawn a lot of salt from, and it was already impure. And if you kept using it over and over again, it, it would likely become contaminated. Jesus' word to us is very clear. If if we are not countercultural, if we look just like the people around us, then we there's no way for us to preserve and to build up the culture. We just go the way of the culture. Can I step on toes for a minute and say, if your politics, whatever party you represent, is exactly the same politics as your non-Christian brother or sister or neighbor, what difference are you? If, if there's nothing about us that is, that is counter-cultural, that stands out, how can we bring this property of of building up and holding up a righteous way of living among those around us if we just look like them. And that's what Jesus is talking about. We, we, we need to be countercultural. We, and it, it's, again, right back to the Beatitudes. Are we living out of these attitudes that Jesus says? Are we, are we seeking to be poor in spirit and those who mourn and those who are meek and those who hunger in righteousness, merciful and on and on? Remember at the end of the passage, Jesus will say, unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and Pharisees, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. What's, what's the scribes and Pharisees? What, what is their righteousness? It's self-righteousness. They dumbed down the law and, and simplified things to things that they could then accomplish. You know, I don't, you know, I don't drink and chew and go with girls that do. Remember that old expression? You know, it's like, that's, that's their righteousness, you know. Um, that's, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a minimalist approach to the law of God. The righteousness of God should cause us all to fall on our knees and to recognize in humility how far short we fall. But we should seek, we should hunger and thirst, not for our righteousness, but for Christ's righteousness. For his justice to be done, as, as pie in the sky and naive as that might seem, to, that we want to be those who build up the culture, who seek to speak into injustices, and who seek to, to, be, to be just and righteous people in the world. It's right back to Micah 6, 8, right? What is, oh man, what does your God require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God? Jesus says, if you're going to be salt... You have to be countercultural. There has to be something about you that is different, that attracts people to you. I, 
I went to the best evangelist I know, um, and I I'd sat down with her. Luckily, she lives with me, and we were at dinner last night. We had the vestry retreat yesterday, so we were wiped out. And so we went and had dinner, and we're sitting there. I said, okay, salt and light, let's go. T tell me, you know. And we talked a little bit about it, and I said, how do you share Christ in your workplace? Jody works as a uh, senior, senior sales manager for a company here in town. And she said, the first thing I do, well, we started talking, and, she's, and basically in the course of that, she said, I do my job really well. Try to do my job really well. And I try not to be a gossip in the office. I don't know if you know this, but in offices and in, in society, gossip is sort of like a second language, right? You know, what you hear about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so he says, I try to be a truth speaker and somebody that will just spread gossip. And I try to do my job really well. And I thought, you know what, that, that is what Jesus is talking about. Being salt, being someone who stands out as a person who seeks to be righteous. Not, we're, none of us are perfect. But even when we're imperfect, we admit it and confess it and seek to do better. That, that is what we should be about if we're going to be salt. The only way we earn a hearing for the gospel is first by living the gospel, right? And that's that Jesus says. He doesn't give us the choice to be either salt or light. He says that we are both. But he does begin by saying you are the salt of the earth. You are to, to be the one who preserves society around you. You're the one who lives as a righteous person. It, it gets noticed. And sadly, the opposite gets noticed, right? And I've said this countless times, but bears repeating. If you're not a good employee, please do not tell people you're a Christian. <laughs> you do us no good when you do your job poorly and then talk about Jesus. That is not being the salt of the earth. That is salt that's lost its saltiness. Become contaminated. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. He says you're also, you're, the other competency is that you will be the light of the world. Now, Jesus himself says, I am the light of the world. So we know by virtue of that, that we are called to reflect his light. We are not equal with Jesus, but we're reflecting Christ's light. David Foster said, you know, that candle up on the altar, it doesn't get to choose where it, it's, it, it lights. It, it, it's, it's there, and it brings light right there. And I said, you know, absolutely, that is, so, that is so true. I would call us all to pray for that place that is our place for light, to be a, a light, to shine the light. Having sought to be the salt of the earth, we should find ways to share the light of Christ in our context. Jody said that, you know, I said, well, you know, how do you, she says, well, I, people will begin to, to ask me things or to say things or, or how do you do this or how, how have you, you know, and that she says, and then I say, it's the Lord. It's the Lord who gives me strength. It's the Lord who's working through my, whatever, you know, and, and then, and then she stops. And this goes to what Kathy said at the early service that, that this, that it only takes a little bit of salt. You know, Jesus, he would salt conversation at the woman at the well, he just said a little bit, and that caused her to ask a question and made her thirsty, which is ironic because she was at a well. But she began to ask more questions, and, and then Jesus shared more of who he was and the gospel message. We're called to, to bring the light of Christ. We can, I was in, I'm in a doctoral class 
with a guy who, who pastors a really large Christian church somewhere in the Midwest. And he said, you know, Alex, he said, he said, I got this church, he said, and we, we have fully embraced this movement within the Christian church of, of living the gospel, you know. And so he said, we, we hold garage sales for, uh, for a Muslim man, you know, and, and we've, we've done fundraisers for, uh, for money, for operations, for, for people that are outside our church. And, and he went on with just elaborate sort of all sorts of extreme ways that they lived out the gospel in action. He said, you know, my folks are so, we, we, they live it. He says, but they have completely forgotten how to speak the gospel. He says, so, you know what? We've got like people that have come through our church that have been blessed by our work, but they no more know the good news of Jesus Christ than anything. They, because they, they've, they've, they've been so busy doing actions that they forgot that it's both, right? We demonstrate the gospel through our actions but then we also proclaim Jesus through our words. Peter says, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you. There, there has to come a place where we speak the hope that is within us, the person of Jesus Christ, the difference he's made in our life, the, the joy we found when we surrendered to him, even though we couldn't answer all the, the intellectual questions, we, we, we surrendered to him because he is good and because he is loving and we trust in him for our salvation. And, and that's who we make known. We, we bring, we shine in that place. For me, Gainesville Community Ministry, Gainesville, Community, Gainesville Health and Fitness has become one of my places that I feel the Lord has called me to shine. I, I work out there just about every day during the week and um, I'm in the locker room because I, I work out and then I change for, um, for work. And let me tell you, you know, guys are pretty darn open when they start changing clothes and taking showers and stuff. I guess there's something about the physical nakedness that makes them more emotionally and intellectually naked. I don't know, it, but we have amazing conversations. I know that's probably more information than you wanted to hear, but, <laughs> but I can tell you that the Lord is saying to me, build relationships, be a light in that locker room. I was never on a football team, so I don't, I never had that experience, but, but this is my, this is my team. This is my group of guys. And, and I found that, that by virtue of seeing them week after week, and that it's amazing. Some of the spiritual conversations have come. Like Kathy said, you don't have to overwhelm them with a big salt block. You know, you just salt the conversation. And let them bring out more questions. Well, Jesus, two things and I'm done. Jesus says, so let your light shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What are these good works that Jesus is talking about? I believe they're the, they're the character issues that Jesus describes in the Beatitudes. They see your good works. They see the way you're seeking to be salt in the world. And that's the, that, how you live out that becomes then the platform by which they ask questions. I think that's how God has used Jody in her workplace. I believe he wants to use us. Not one dot or iota of the law, Jesus says, will be removed. I've not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill. What does he mean by that? He's not talking about the, the, the sacrificial, the, 
food purity laws here. He's talking about the, the important things of the law, as Jesus says, right? Issues of justice and mercy. Right back to Micah 6, 8. Right back to being the salt of the earth. The, we, we miss the Old Testament, and I said it last week, it, it's, it's full of calls for God's people to be people of justice and mercy. Justice and mercy. And so we seek to live as salt and light. That's all I got for you today. But I'm challenged by it. I hope you are. Find your place. What's the beatitude the Lord's calling you to press into? How will you be salt? Where will you be light? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.